Hello and welcome to 100 Steps to Drag, the podcast where I sit with drag artists and ask them how did you become this draggly amazing figure that you are today. My name is Natasha Hundreds and I'm super excited for my guest today because I haven't spoken to her in a while and I think she is absolutely amazing. She is not only stunning but she is such a great performer. She is dominating the Hollywood and LA drag scene. Please welcome Lauren Bonal. Hi. What's up, bros? So, we are looking very masculine on this Zoom call, I, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I'm like, come on, DL. What do you mean? Maybe you, I'm in full drag with 16 lashes and five wigs and a gown to the and floor. And I have a full-on facial hair situation going on. So, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Lauren, how you have you great. been? What have you been up to? I, oh, you know, just gigging and wigging, baby. Just trying to keep it pushing. There is no other way. I've never asked you this. Do you have any other job besides drag? I don't right now. I'm, yeah, I'm just a cross-dresser, full-time, baby. Hey, all respect to that. It's, it's <laughs> a lot of work. Judgment. People don't realize <laughs> exactly. how much work goes into being a drag queen full-time. It is a full-time job, for sure. <laughs> People are just like, oh, yeah, just drag queens, you know, put on some makeup or whatever. But was that something you were, you know, actively pursuing to be a drag queen full-time? Or is that something that you kind of, like, fell into? Yeah. Well, I mean, so I went to college for acting. And, like, I remember one of the first days uh, we were kind of, like, all going around the classroom and introducing ourselves. And the professor asked, like, what is your main goal with acting? And everyone went and they were just like, be more connected with myself. Perform on Broadway. And I was like, I want to be able to pay all my bills with performing. Very important. And he was like, wow, (laughs) lofty goal. I don't know about that. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) But I'm doing it now, bitch. Look at me now. You're like, isn't that the point of getting like a degree to be able to like pay your bills with it? I don't know. At least that's what they taught us. (laughs) I know, right? I was like, I'm here for money. Hundreds, honey, for hundreds. And money. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, connecting with yourself, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is funny. Let's back up a little bit. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up here in LA? No, I'm from Utah. And born and raised? Born and raised, baby. Uh, Like Utah-Idaho border. So if you've ever seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite, I lived like 30 minutes from where that was filmed. And that is exactly how it is to this day. (laughs) You're like, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Do you still have family there or, or not anymore? Yeah, my parents are still there. Um, all of us kids are kind of scattered to the wind a little bit. They're kind of migrating to southern Utah where it's warmer, like Red Rocks, mm-hmm. kind of like Vegas and stuff. But yeah, they're all still in Utah mostly. And then I'm out here with my faggotry in Los Angeles. <laughs> there has to be one family member that puts some spice into it. You know, it's it's oh, a full-time yeah. job too. And it's our job. Blackest of black sheep. Look at me go. <laughs> yes, I could not be more different. And yet very similar to all of my family. It's very funny when they're like, 
so taken aback by like what I do when it's like I was fully like prancing around the living room in my tidy whities with a turtleneck on my head like a wig as a kid and it's like I what is this feigned surprise y'all knew I've been a crossdresser since I was four so (laughs) So I was able to articulate myself (laughs) yeah I wasn't even able to articulate myself it just felt right Celine, take me away. Oh my God, I love that. Like, why are y'all surprised? Yeah, literally. <laughs> were y'all you. part of the Mormon church? You said once that you were, right? Yep, sure was. I have a few Mormon numbers that I like to do to <laughs> make fun of my my people. <laughs> <laughs> are you still part of the church or like, how is that playing out in your life? No, absolutely not. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was, I'm very ignorant when it comes to that because I was watching this show on Out TV the other day and it's called Pride. And it's basically two, two guys that like travel around the world and they go to different Pride celebrations around the world and they mm-hmm. went to Salt Lake City Pride. And it, it was mm-hmm. this conversation about like the church says it's basically the opposite, right? Of being gay and all this is condemned. But like, how do I, you know, you know try to be myself and try to stay against everything that I've been taught so I thought it was interesting and some people is kind of like navigating through that and some others just completely separate so to to be able to live their true life yeah it's very especially when I was like coming of age it was very confusing because you know the Mormon church is an improvised church they're still making stuff up as they go (laughs) and they kept trying to like figure out what to do about gay people And they changed, you know, a half a dozen times what it means to be gay in the church when I was growing up. And it was just like, okay, there's no place for me here. They're actively trying to like, like other all gay people. So bizarre. I don't know how people do it. So I know a few people that are still Mormon that are gay. But yeah, pretty much if you're Mormon and gay, you are just saddled with a life of celibacy. And that's the only way to like live in the church. (laughs) It's like, well, we could never, baby. (laughs) No. And it's like, well, even if sex isn't a part of it, it's like you just want me to be alone for the rest of my life. And then in the Mormon church, there's like three layers of heaven. There's three tiers. There's like first, second, and third class heaven. (laughs) No way. Okay. How does that even work? (laughs) It's so dumb. But like, so to even be in the top tier of heaven, you have to get married on earth. So it's like, well, then I was just born a second class citizen. This is weird. this is what god wants for me and they're like yeah it's just your lot in life this is the trial you were given deal with it it's like well i don't i don't think so that is and then if you do get married yeah if you do get gay married they it's like i don't even think you're excommunicated i think you're like sent outer darkness so it's like you can either murder somebody or be gay married and those are kind of like the only on the two same level on the same level isn't that ridiculous it is crazy <laughs> not comparing us to murderers wow i know it's wild it's like oh sorry i just loved this person and i wanted to be with them <laughs> yeah i just wanted to you know love who i love and be who i am that is wild yeah. 
make up your mind, Mormon Church, if you're listening to this I by mean, mistake. <laughs> right? That's not even the most wild thing. There's so many things that are just like, wow, okay. Oh, interesting. But again, whoever believes in it, Mormons are great people. They are very nice to your face. And <laughs> I love the to your face very part. Very clean. Yes. <laughs> So, Very disciplined no from what I've heard. No, yes, yes. Well, again, out in the street, they're very disciplined. But yes. behind closed doors, things can kind of get a little different. But <laughs> if that makes you happy, go for it. Who are we to judge? Exactly. We are cross dressers. Exactly. We're nobody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're doing what makes us happy. You can do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Seriously. <laughs> I do love your Mormon number, though. I feel like it's one of my favorite ones that I've seen. It's just so funny and cap. I think that was the first number I saw you perform. It was just like, who is she? I love it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I usually start in some sort of state of Mormon garb. And then I just like eventually take off all my clothes. (laughs) You know, because the Mormon church is, I mean, as with many churches, is very weird about modesty and staying pure and like putting that all on women and I always thought that was the most bizarre thing so yeah I wrote a number about it and how this Mormon girl will find her way and be herself (laughs) I love all the thought you put behind it I'm always I'm usually just like oh this song is fun I'll do this song but I admire queens or drag artists in general that put so much thought telling a story with your numbers how do you start even like coming or like writing a number that tells a story because you have several that are very cohesive that are funny and like finding the songs that match perfectly like the one with the chicken is also (laughs) I could watch that number every day and I'll be happy but like how do you come up with them um well you kind of just have to be open to what is inspiring you at a moment And so like, yeah, with my Mormon number, again, I come from theater and from acting. So it's like, yeah, how can I tell a story? And at the time, the church was so, they were even more loud about like modesty and controlling women's bodies and how everybody looks. And so I was just like, I I need to do something with this. So what, how do I, how do I work this into a number? How can I tell a story with like pop music? With the chicken one, the inspiration came entirely from that massive stuffed duck chicken thing. (laughs) (laughs) That you wear as a costume. (laughs) Yes, it's so funny looking because it's like my long, gorgeous legs coming out of this like chicken duck thing. And so that I just saw this giant stuffed duck and I was like, I wonder if I could make a number out of that let me see if I can figure something out and I love hip-hop and rap and I'm a big fan of Ludacris and I remembered oh my gosh he did my chick bad that would be the biggest way to like subvert expectations and surprise everybody where if they hear the beginning of my chick bad and they're gonna think some edgy cool rapstress is gonna come out mm. and then it's like this chicken <laughs> <laughs> supermodel yeah, chicken supermodel chicken and that's exactly like how Alaska always says like the more rules you follow the more rules you can break and so 
I to do a number as stupid as to like be dressed as a a fashion chicken, you have to really bring the fashion where you can, like in the face and in the shoes to balance the stupidity of the rest. And so I love figuring all that out and seeing what I can get away with and seeing how I can surprise people because just making people laugh makes me so happy. It's just the medicine we all need, especially in these like <laughs> fucked up times. Bro, truly, truly. Oh, I love drag because of that because it kind of like makes me disconnect of everything, at least for like a couple moments. And you do that beautifully. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Even bad drag, it's still so fun and so funny to me. I just love it all. All drag is valid. <laughs> all drag is all valid. Dra- well, all drag is drag. I don't know that all drag is valid. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't cancel me. Whatever. Don't cancel her. <laughs> no, but like, I don't care if you are not great at drag. I don't care if your costumes are store-bought or whatever. If I'm entertained yeah. by what you're doing on stage, that's enough for me. Because we all start somewhere. Same. Yeah, totally same. What what I have little patience for is just like boring drag where it's like, okay, yeah, you're not entertaining. So it's you're like just if walking you just around, to like, literally. Yeah. If you just wanted to dress up and feel pretty for a day, great. And I mean, Latrice Royale says, I'm not going to say it's not drag, but it's not what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what we're you doing. You know what maybe. I mean? Keep working on it. That is a big thing of like any art and any artist where there will be a time uh, where your taste is higher than your abilities. And so you just have to push through that phase. So I don't tell anybody to like stop doing drag. Cause yeah, like you said, we all start somewhere. Exactly. But, you know, we all, we all have our strengths and you should definitely play to whatever those strengths are. And it, it also takes a while to find what those strengths are. Mm-hmm. It's not until like recently that I found that I like creating content and I like going on TikTok. You know, that's why I started a podcast and all this. I'm like, oh, I'm actually not terrible at this, you know? And if You're I can great at it. <laughs> Thank you. I try. I try. And but, like, I it's, am it's, terrible it's fun. at it. <laughs> I mean, again, we all have our strengths. We all have our strengths. We all <laughs> do what we do. For anyone that's kind of like looking, what is my strength? Just try everything. Just try a little yeah. bit of everything and see what sticks. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what drag is about, is like painting with every crayon. Well, painting with every crayon, using every crayon in the crayon box, every color, and seeing what really like resonates with you. It's amazing to see what you do, because I hate TikTok, and I hate Instagram, and I hate it all, and you just kill it. And you're constantly churning out everything. And it's so much work. How do you do that much work? It is a lot of work, especially now that I want to like do a podcast. It's, it takes time because you have to like really set out a day to paint and just record. I try to do my best to like record before or after a show because I'm like, well, I'm already painted. I don't have to like repaint or whatever, but it never happens. Yeah. I'm always running. <laughs> it's not the yeah. same. Sometimes the venues don't have great light. And I'm like, I just like to set up a date aside to like do everything. I have a yeah. notes app on my phone that I just like put ideas on. So whenever I'm like, mm. I don't know if I'm at the supermarket and I'm like, oh, I want to do a video about this. And I just put it down so I can on my day when I film, I have all those ideas ready to go. 
that's smart yeah because that's the other thing is I'm like well what am I getting out of this like TikTok to me is just like so noisy and I feel like I have nothing to contribute to the noise and TikTok in a lot of ways is about just like filling the void with noise like how do you feel about like TikTok content because I'm such a fucking boomer I'm just like yeah I I don't want to kick a fucking shoe I don't want to like swipe a camera why am I doing this no I get what you're saying (laughs) like the trends can get all over the place the trends are like I'm terrible at transitions whatever but like I think there's room for whatever you want to do because there's creators that do all that let's say plus dick tiara right like she's doing all the swipes all the kicks all the transitions and there's people that just like to talk about things or like to share their numbers or to share their art or how do they get into drag i feel like that's what most people gravitate towards seeing the process of how do you get into it how do you come up with your numbers with your art so i feel like a lot of it is that noise of the trends and everything, but there's room for whatever you want to put out there. It's just, again, finding what your, they call it niche. A lot of like these quote unquote, like TikTok coaches <laughs> that they pop on the page, mm-hmm. like use this sound yeah. or whatever. Um, it's kind of like takes the time to like find what your niche is and what you want to do. But once you find it, it's, it's actually fun and you connect with a lot of people. That's what I love the most. Yeah, yeah you have mad views and stuff. Thank you. I've been a little lazy lately, but I need to get back on it. <laughs> it's hard. Burnout and all of these people and like influencers and everything. It's it's so real. And it's no money. Like, how does that work for you? Sorry, I, I've had a lot of caffeine. So I'm like asking you. Questions. Oh, no, that's <laughs> totally fine. Podcast. I love I also love talking <laughs> about myself. <laughs> ah, perfect. <laughs> No, I mean, from the from TikTok itself, not really a lot of money. You really have to get like thousands of views to to make money out of TikTok. But I've gotten campaigns. I've gotten like brands reach out to me and ask, oh, can you make a video about this for us and stuff? And that does give some right. money. I feel like if I had more right. time to like put myself out there uh, and get in touch with them, I would make more money. Right. Well, I was watching a video um Hank Green, do you know who that is? No. Who's that? Um, he, he's like a science guy. He who's the author that wrote Fault in Our Stars? Something green. You're asking the wrong person. I'm illiterate <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, thank you, Mexico Educational too. System. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, it's his brother, and he was saying how like the motivation for creators to be on TikTok versus something like YouTube is like crazy different because so YouTube, it gives you a percentage of the views from the ads, like no matter what, like once you get to a certain place or something, but on TikTok, they have like an art, a creator's fund. And so everybody's money just comes from that fund. But the more people that are on TikTok and are creating content, the more shares of just that one fund are. So the more people that are on it and the more people making money on it all make less money because they're all sharing from one pot instead of like the ads from all of TikTok. It's hard because like TikTok feeds you content that they think you You would like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because- like they're entirely in control and I don't like that. (laughs) You're like, no, I want to decide what I want to (laughs) watch. 
Well, and if people like me and they want to see me, even if they're following me on TikTok, they're not fed it. Yeah. And sometimes it's weird. Sometimes when I follow somebody, like when I see somebody pop on my For You page like three times in one week, I'm like, I'm going to follow them. And then I stop seeing Mm -hmm. them. What is the point of me following them if like they disappear? Yeah. It's it's weird. But the creative fund is interesting too, because I was on it. And as soon as I joined, my views plummeted. I'm not kidding. Like I went from having like solid 5,000 views to like 200, 100. It makes sense because if they continue to push your content, that means they have to keep paying you. Right. And isn't that shitty that they would do that? You know, there's no no incentive. I get really, really like defensive about artists and what we do and the value we bring. I'm always that bitch that is like, fighting for more money for everybody and like saying no to whatever anybody you know what I mean (laughs) I I am not afraid to be like advocate (laughs) (laughs) advocate aka that girl (laughs) yeah because it's like we are doing what we love and we are very lucky to be doing what we're doing but that does not diminish the value we bring and we need to be compensated and again, you know, it's a lot of so, work. People don't realize that getting work. in drag and like putting all these numbers together, it's money that you have to invest. Yeah, completely. So, so yeah, that's why I'm not on the TikTok. And I say all this shit, but I really have no idea how TikTok works. This is just like my first impressions of like everything. So, I mean, they were pretty spot on. In the comments. <laughs> okay, great. So, yeah, please anybody correct me if I'm wrong sound off in the comments but it's just like I yeah I don't see the the benefits but you're you're reaping the benefits so hey I I just can't do my brain doesn't work that way I have way too bad of ADHD to like create in that way it takes me a long time to make my numbers let alone anything for online that i'm really bad at that i'm really bad at posting i'm i'm getting better so please follow me everybody (laughs) (laughs) you are i was like i was doing my research for for this conversation and by research i mean i was stalking your instagram and i was like she's posting more frequently (laughs) yes well that that is the thing where i'm like okay well i'm just gonna pick one platform and Mm. just go from there and most of my opportunities have come from instagram so i was like i'm just gonna lean into that and then we'll we'll go from there because everybody has it yeah Yeah. so it's like we'll just go with that one for now hey that works and it's just pictures and stupid reels so i feel like that's easier for me to spend that emotional uh time i guess yeah no but like it's also that's true because i mean you take at least for me, like I, it takes me a while again to come up with the ideas and to set up and film. And when videos don't do well, like it hurts me so much. I'm like, oh, why? And it's not my fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's just, I guess the way the app works sometimes. So it also takes like an emotional toll for you, especially as an artist, when you're doing like all this makeup and all this, it's not like other influencers that just shower and then get in front of the camera, like getting in drag is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And yeah, that is so disheartening when you don't get a reaction because 
when you put it up in front of a crowd, whatever you do, like you get that instant reaction of like, oh, this is working. This works mm-hmm. well, like, or like, oh, I could probably figure some other stuff out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, instantly, whereas you can have like a really great photo series or a really great video or a really great idea and it could just like do nothing. And unless you're one of the ones that is just like putting out a few videos a week none of your stuff will get seen it's like really crazy it's insane but anyway but let's go back to drag <laughs> when did you move to LA how long have you been living here I've been living here like seven or eight years I think so I was here for a couple of years pursuing acting and then it kind of happened like really organically where I didn't know any drag queens, but like all of my best friends at the time were drag adjacent. So like one friend was a makeup artist and the other styled wigs and another one like made wigs from scratch. And like, we just kind of found each other. And I don't super believe in this, but RuPaul always says like, listen to the universe's directions. And one day there was this bar crawl happening with like a hundred gays and it was everyone was gonna get into bad drag and just like do a bar crawl that sounds fun so it was it was the most drunk i've ever been in my whole life but like (laughs) the reaction i got was very different from everybody else where everybody kind of just like took a moment and like oh oh you oh okay and I was like I was busted as fuck but still like there was something <laughs> there was something there where everybody was like uh so ooh, mm. so I was like oh maybe I should try to do this because again like I was here for acting and I kept getting like good feedback but Hollywood doesn't want or need like a gay twink you know what I mean there's already so many there's so many Timothy Chamalays in the world. Yeah. And it's getting better with like LGBT representation and content and like shows and stuff, but like there just wasn't anything. So I was looking for an outlet and a way to perform. And it was a way that I could say something and like you said earlier, tell a story and flex my creative muscles. And so it just kind of like, became what I really wanted to do and then I like got more into the community and I just loved everything about all of us and meeting everybody and I love everything drag stands for and what it represents and what it says about society and culture and glamour and femininity and masculinity I just I'm obsessed with all of it I love it so much I love it. And that story is funny. You're like, there was a hundred drinks over there in drag, a hundred gay men. And you said that was something different. Like you compared to the other 99 gays there, they were like, oh. (laughs) There can be 99 faggots in the room. It takes only one. (laughs) It takes one. Oh my God. That's what I was trying to get. I love that. I see that you had like a couple of pageants that or competitions that you that you've won like fault line and 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 stuff are you competitive do you like to compete you know I I'm not really super competitive and yet I am in the fact that I like being unique and I like 
thinking of ideas that nobody's thought of and like trying to twist things and make people question like whatever it is so competitions are really good for me because again with the ADHD motivation is a tricky thing to navigate and it's just like a very clear deadline very clear requirement and so I just like vibrate really well in that kind of pressure I love a prompt and mm. seeing a way I can like twist it so and again it, this goes all the way back to the very beginning where I was like what is my goal overall and it's to just like pay my bills with performing and I wasn't I felt like I had something to offer but I couldn't get in front of anybody to like get bookings and so I was like well what's the best way to do that okay I'll just do every competition in LA and I'll win all of them and then I'll and start getting did. bookings <laughs> and that's exactly what I did hey, hey. <laughs> and it worked <laughs> It works, you know. I'm I'm one of the dolls, one of the girls. You are doing it, going around. What's the craziest prompt you've gotten for a competition? Because I've seen really outlandish stuff out there. I think the one that I saw was casinos in Vegas. What? I know. I'm like, what? So, what's one of the craziest that you've been like? What the hell am I gonna do now? You know, for Miss Faultline, it was kind of a weird a weird competition it just got so specific where it's like they wanted to make it fair so like we couldn't make a mix we had to do a whole song it had to be 80s and it couldn't be oh gosh i can't remember but it was just like well you really want us to be boring how do i make this <laughs> you know what i mean or it's like yes. oh how do we how do i do oh it was like 80s and blacklight and no mixes and it had to be a whole song and I was like oh gosh but what do I do and I was like okay well I feel like everybody's gonna probably do like aerobics or like neon 80s that'll be too easy what's something I could twist on its head and so I did a Beetlejuice drag number where yeah I had like green neon hair and I made it like a lady Beetlejuice and I like brought out bananas and I did um banana <laughs> yeah yeah be like come when we want to go home you know that whole thing yeah sometimes I get a little wild with their requirements but at the end of the day like it doesn't matter it's just a, it's just drag it's, it's just like for fun. do something and all they really care about is if you're entertaining I remember one week I really had no idea what to do and so I just like did a song and I wore a gown and I was like oh fuck I'm so basic what do I do and I hadn't really worn like long nails at the time so I was like okay but I'll put I'll put on nails so that'll (laughs) be what saves me and then everyone was like that was awful we're so used to you being like way better what was that and I was like but I'm wearing nails. Uh, it... to know that I'm boring. But this <laughs> so is different. Like... <laughs> what about my nails? <laughs> so that's my biggest, um, you know, advice to any beginning performers. Be entertaining. Think of a way to give your performance a beginning, middle, and an end. And, you know, really sell it. It doesn't matter if you're wearing nice nails or like... Or yeah, no nails. Or no nails, you know? <laughs> one time uh, I was doing a competition too. And one of the judges afterwards 
told me, you have, you give so much energy, like right off the bat. You have to give them pussy bites, that's what she called them. You know, a little bit of a pussy bite here. And then, you know, like settle the tone a little lower. And then another pussy bite. And I'm like, ooh, that's so true, right? You can't just give yeah. it on. Like, it, that's always in my head, like pussy bites. I'm like always thinking about pussy bites. That's a good, that's a good phrase. Pussy bites. Yeah. That's like pizza bite. bites. bites. <laughs> yeah. Find them on Trader Joe's. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it, it goes back to, like, art principles. So, like, that's where, like, art school and acting really help. Yeah, you have to remember to, like, add dynamics and contrast into your numbers and, like, find those pussy bites, baby, mm. where, like, <laughs> where you can slow it down or, like, yeah, give them something different. Because if you come in at 10 and then you stay at 10 for four minutes, it gets boring and your body is exhausted. So yeah. it's like everybody loses. <laughs> or maybe you start at 10 and there's no other way to go down because you only have so much energy. So maybe you start at exactly. a 10 and then end at like at seven. Nobody wants that. No. You gotta end with like the biggest moment. Exactly. So. Especially as I get older, I'm a big fan of starting at zero. <laughs> same, <laughs> same. Nothing. <laughs> so even if you finish at a five, they're like, you went five whole notches baby that is true oh my god i'm gonna start from zero now on i usually start like at a three but now i'm gonna be like okay zero and then i can end up that is so good oh my I god Ma- listen mama's getting back issues now i gotta like i can't be doing all that anymore it's like uh getting old fucking sucks bro it does suck oh, i hate it how old are you I'm Can I 30. ask a lady's age? I mean, it is rude, but I guess I'll answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am 31. Oh, I'm 30. So you get it. Yeah. Yeah, a girl, I'm, yes. I, I, turn, I turn 31 in spring. So I'm like, oh, man. And then the pandemic really fucked up my body. So I really messed everything up. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, I'm old and like post-quarantine, no exercise for two years. I'm still like trying to work it back in. I, did you I, like have that same problem? I did. I was just going to say like before the pandemic, I used to turn all the tricks. I was like, yes, I'll do splits and kicks and like everything. And like I did also spend like all those months, years almost not doing shit. <laughs> Yeah. And now I'm just like, oh, let me try to work back into it. But it's hard. It's it's not the it's same. It's crazy hard. Yeah. Oh, my God. And pre-pandemic, I was a server, too. So I gained, like, 30 or 40 pounds in the whole pandemic. Because I went from, like, speed walking eight hours a day and doing drag the other six to eight hours a day. Yeah. Like, to like just sitting on the couch 24 just, hours a day and drinking <laughs> eating potato chips and drinking and i found weed in the pandemic Ooh. and so it's just like <laughs> all i did was sit and eat and drink and watch tv and it was the best but also yeah the worst i feel you because I also love mostly that. the worst, <laughs> <laughs> mostly the worst. But like, I love the fact that nobody could judge you for just like eating chips and watching TV because everyone else was doing the same. Yeah. But it was it was definitely terrible. Did you do any virtual shows during the pandemic? Oh, yeah, though. I burned out of those real quick. Me oh. too. Especially comparing them <laughs> to like the shows prior. It's like, oh, wow. It's so different. It's. 
awful. Drag, digital drag is terrible. It's terrible. There's been enough time that we can say it. It's awful and nobody should ever do it. Zoom (laughs) drag, Uh, Instagram live drag. (laughs) Nobody should ever be allowed ever again to ever do any of that boring shit. It's awful. (laughs) Hey guys, tap in the screen, send us hearts. Send us hearts if you're liking this. (laughs) (laughs) It was cute for like a week. Yeah. That first week where I was like, ah, we're just going to be stuck inside for two weeks. This is fine. This is new. And then but it turned it into old. months. Oh, my God. Yeah, it got so old so quick. And then, like, not only are you a makeup artist, hairstylist, costumer, choreographer, performer, you're a lighting person, the director, Everything. cinematographer. For three minutes. For three minutes. And when you're, like, by yourself, it's, like impossible to make something entertaining when the camera is stationary and so it's like why would anybody watch us one two step in our living room when netflix is just right there (laughs) (laughs) i know i will say that the kind of digital shows that i did enjoy are the ones that were not on instagram live that were not on zoom the ones that you would like send in like a little video then like somebody would put them together and then like they would do like a live facebook or whatever and then like they would like broadcast that and i'm like oh that is fun because you would see like yeah. all the creativity that goes into like all the the videos and everything it was like a little movie and that i thought those were fun but the ones yeah. like actually live is ugh, awful yeah the ones where you can make like a little music video mm-hmm. and like add editing and add movement and all of that stuff those yeah, that's different because that's a music video. It's not yeah. like a live performance. Yeah, those ones were great. But even then, it's like, I'd rather watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I'll watch this later when it's up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it was a time. It was necessary. It was fun. And it was fun to, like, flex those creative muscles to make those kind of music videos. But again, that was so much work. I made just like a small handful of those and it was like a week at least of work to make those three minute videos. Yeah. It was insane. It's also a lot. But then again, what else were we doing? Never. That's true. That's true. What is next for you? I know that you said your goal is obviously paying your goals while performing and you are doing that. But what would be your next goal in your career? In terms of like immediately I'm in another competition <laughs> you're like so I can't get enough <laughs> this one is uh with Smirnoff and Shea Coulee though so uh when is this coming out I think voting ends September 1st I'm hoping it comes After out September that. yeah <laughs> okay great well so let's see if I win that because it's for fifty thousand dollars So we'll see what happens with that because the top two from our city get flown to New York City for the finals. And then, uh, yeah, the winner gets $50,000 and they're uh, the 2023 Smirnoff brand ambassador. It's Mm -hmm. exciting. But in terms of like generally what's next for me is I think just more of the same, like bigger and better, always bigger and better. I love what I do and I'm loving my life right now it's really 
you know, I'm loving working with people like you and just like, yeah, being community leaders and sharing our foolishness with people and brightening people's days, you know, I'm always just trying to do a little better to make the world a little brighter. So I I think it's more of the same. Yeah. I love that you love what you do because it truly shows not only talking to you right now, but again, in your performances, you can tell you're having a blast. And I'm like, oh, that so <laughs> yeah. translates. People don't get that. Like people, like sometimes when they're starting in drag, they're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what if they don't like the song or whatever? I'm like, baby, if you're having a blast, they're going to have a blast with you. Get into right. it. It's so important. And that's the thing with drag is it's like, the reason we do this is to do whatever we want and to like add to whatever the conversation is of like what we think and what we want. So if you're not happy doing it, then you shouldn't be doing it, mama. That's not drag. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It is very hard and it is very expensive, but it is such a privilege to be a performer and to be paid the way we are and pay is an ongoing conversation and there's a lot of shows that need to be paying more queens deserve more especially now with like drag race and all of these things drag is really valued and it's such an exciting time but even if you are in pain and it is hard and it's so much work it truly is an incredible privilege to do what we do and i always just like remind myself i could be working in the coal mines you know Yes, literally. We got it pretty good. We got it pretty good. Not complaining. Not complaining. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk a little bit more about that Shea Kool-Aid competition. How does that work? I know that boating is virtual right now. And then is there another stage if you you win that boating? Yes. So then I think it's kind of like just round two. So I think that'll be in like January, maybe... And then, like, they'll finally announce it in something like May. I I don't know. A lot of things are very up in the air. But all I know is this round's voting will end September 1st. So, fingers crossed for me if we make it. Those East Coast girls got a real jump on me. So, I'm a little behind. So, yeah, if you want to share anything. I will. I'll do a TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like, hey, can I ask you for a favor? Yes, please do. Because like, yeah, this is my first like major brand partnership. And especially when it's like an alcohol company and like all of these things, it's very specific with like how you can promote and what you can do. And it's it's all very confusing to me. So I'm glad I got that business minor degree because (laughs) I would be absolutely lost. Uh, but yeah, it's been great. Shea Coulee was an absolute dream to work with. And she was so nice. And I hope it's not the last time I see her. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's not, girl. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lauren, this is all the time that we have. But I had so much fun talking to you today. Oh, my gosh. We need to hang out, be on a show together, do something. Absolutely. It's always a joy working with you. You're so fun and so creative. and so great to be around backstage for sure oh it's always fun do you remember that time when we were like literally treated like stars at uh this private party i always think about that that. i'm like that's the standard that i want for every drag show (laughs) that was 
so crazy because yeah when it was like okay say yes to this gig where you're going to somebody's house and doing drag in their backyard and I was like oh god what is this gonna be but hey I'll do anything for money so I said yes and then we got there and they had like lighting and a full DJ they had better setups than some of the clubs the literally, Go literally. Ahead. Like, they had a snow machine we had our own ice cold room they had the ac blasting for us they had buckets of prizes and presents they had flowers (laughs) they compensated us accordingly i'm like what Uh is this what it feels to like (laughs) they they sent me home with food and their own glass tupperware and i was like y'all i feel so guilty taking this from you it was that was so and then it, having you there was amazing because you know the best gig when you're working with a turd is still a turd gig so <laughs> it was great to be working with a diamond a star oh, like strong, you and strong. we could just bask in each other's talent oh my god and live the high girl over each other gig. yes it was such a fun gig <laughs> oh it was so so much fun that's probably like my one of my top three gigs i'm never gonna forget it, especially because i still have the tupperware and i still use it Me on too. a regular I know. <laughs> hey if they have us back this christmas i'm bringing that tupperware back and i'm saying thank you so much <laughs> and i'll bring it back with food again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can put more food in there because that food was good. It was that so good. Food was good. <laughs> mm, love it. Anyway, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. No, thank you. Where can people find you on social media? <laughs> I'm at Lauren Banal on all social media. Let's white girl spelling Lauren L A U R E N B anal with an extra L because Lauren do be anal. Let me tell you. Uh, my mind. She's got it. Is <laughs> queen of it all, Lauren Banal. I'm You're telling welcome. you, I'm illiterate as fuck. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's a pun. <laughs> like, it's is... kind of a double pun because I got the name from Lauren Bacall, the old Hollywood film star. But banal means so unoriginal that it's boring. And I just thought that was the funniest thing to just like call myself a basic white girl out of the gate. <laughs> when you're the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of like look very basic white girl until I start my thing. And then there's always <laughs> some sort of twist to it. So, yeah. And then, you know, you just got to have anal in your name somewhere. That's all I think. You got to have anal in your <laughs> life somewhere. Period. <laughs> <laughs> everybody should do butt stuff all the time yeah please do if you haven't please try it let me know how that goes thank you all lauren this was beautiful see you all next talk week. later oh bye. bye thank you for listening to 100 steps to drag if you like my podcast please leave me a review if you didn't like it um you can keep that for yourself i'll see you next tuesday bye